WENJ, WENJ HD, Millville, Atlantic City. 97.3 ESPN presents the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with Adam Kaplan, powered by InsideTheBirds.com. I think we have the ability to do something really special uh, with this group, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's Football at Four. Powered by InsideTheBirds.com, Football at Four. Adam Kaplan's with us today from inside TheBirds.com. Mike and Broads talking Eagles and NFL on this Football at Four. Thursday, Adam Kaplan's with us here. Adam, what's going on, pal? Boys, good to talk to you today. Yeah. Uh, happy Thursday for you. And uh, we're, is it a, I'm is glad it a different day for you? Is it a different? Well, you know what? I'm not shaking hands. I was listening to your last segment. So, uh, I, one of the things that, uh, not that anything's really positive about what we're dealing with, is I was never someone who liked shaking hands. I was more of a sort of like a a wave or hello. Uh, I'm a hypochondriac, so uh, I, I'm not missing shaking hands, folks. And when, when we're when we're back to normal, whether it's six months or a year, if it ever gets back to normal. I will not be shaking hands. For those of you who come towards me, I'm not snubbing you. I just want to be healthy. Thank you very much. All right, Adam Kaplan, let's get into it. Uh, a couple of things here. Uh, as we know, a lot of teams, uh, the facilities are now open. Uh, coaches can go back. But a lot of teams, coaches have not made that decision. Now, uh, there was some thought of some mini camps potentially happen. They've issued protocols for the return to facilities. Uh, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen for uh, the mini camps are out. So what are some of the challenges of these new restrictions when training camp opens? Yeah, Mike, so just to clear something up, there was never going to be any minicamp. What, what what's happened, the only positive is that players who are rehabbing injuries are allowed to go in and work out uh, at a team's facility. They're the only players that could come back. Uh, what happened was, is I'm going to say about a month ago, there was hope that maybe by the end of June there would be one minicamp with players, but all was hope. It was nothing factual. Uh, and then two weeks ago, I was talking to some coaches, and they were like, look, there might be a chance here that we might we may be able to come back a little bit earlier in July, at least the players could, and maybe we get one to two weeks of additional time with our players on the field, but that, unfortunately, with that comes the, reduce, the reduction of, of the preseason. That's what you you saw out there that with that report this week. So that's being negotiated between the NFL, PA, and PA. Now, let's move toward training camps. What happens now? So... Here's the here's the here's first of all the biggest problem that you have is when you want to have a team meeting you can't have it any longer you you can't you, you restrict how many people you could have in an enclosed area so what you're going to have to do it's really crazy so one coach was telling me his early understanding is that they'll cap it at a certain amount and the rest of the players and coaches or the players who can't get into that meeting inside a building are going to have to do it on their phone or go somewhere else in the building and do it over Zoom that. That's kind of what you're having to do now. You, you have to deliver your message differently. And team meetings, remember, you've got to be six feet apart. So conducting meet, uh, positional meetings is going to be different. This is going to be, Mike, the new norm with coaches and players going forward. That's crazy. You know, the fact that who's policing this? So, like, the NFL has extended yeah. the virtual offseason programs through June 26th, but no further. Um, yeah. But, like, if they say, hey, you can have team meetings, but you got to see six feet apart, I mean, who's in there really paying attention to this? Well, they ha- each team is going to have sort of like an officer who will make sure everything's being done uh, correctly. And uh, I forgot, there's a certain term for it. 
Uh, and that's just that's the way the protocol is going to be, you know. Yeah. And then and and the testing, obviously. And then then we'll find out. Oh, I'm going to say over the next you know four to six weeks, we're going to find out about preseason. Right now, the Hall of Fame game is on, and that's great. But we need to really know a little bit more about the preseason, how many games we're going to have, and whether we're going to have it. And then, well, fans being it, that's kind of the, the the next on the agenda. Right now, most teams' training camp is scheduled to open late next month. There has been some talk of extending the training camps because of the missed mini camps. So opening training camps earlier and taking two of the preseason games out. Correct. Yeah, it would be one or two weeks. So this is what I was talking about earlier. So the coaches I spoke with two weeks ago had mentioned to me that uh, that the talk around the league was, and especially in, with their general managers, that they would come around if if this passes, they would come. The the they would have a ramp up period immediately, starting around the fifteenth. But it would be limited to what they can do. But it would be more some walkthroughs and getting used to being on the field again. It would be one to two weeks. But if you do that, obviously you're going to lose a week or two of preseason and the problem here is for the league is if mike if you lose preseason games where does the money go that you have to give the money back to the you have to give the money back if if the season ticket holders want it they're going to want they're going to want their money back if not they can get a credit but it's going to be up to them so they're going to lose money so how do you how do you negotiate that money loss that that's that's the big challenge for the league and the nflpa now, we heard uh, Carson Wentz was working out down in Houston. We've seen yeah. some guys doing this. There's no coaches or nothing can be involved with those things, right? Correct. Yeah, in fact, I was talking to one of Wentz's agents. Um, you know, Carson did this last year. He's doing it with a handful of players in Texas. Uh, you know, Jalen Rager's there. Um, yeah, this is good. I mean, this, this is what people wanted to know. It was kind of like, you know, you see other co- quarterbacks doing it. I talked to the Bills. Josh Allen did it. Um, uh, th- that, I think that's important for a young quarterback. And look, with all of the new players here, and especially receiver, uh, this is a good thing that Carson's doing this. Uh, I've not heard about Alshon Jeffrey, but Jeffrey cannot work out anyway. He's not clear to do that, so that, that, that would eliminate that for the season. How much do you think this can actually help Jalen Rager? You know what, Car- you know what uh, Hunter? I think Carson getting with Rager, just in terms of seeing the way, way he runs routes, where does he like the, where does he like the, the ball? What, where, where could he go up and get it? You know, you want to make certain throws to see if does, could he go get the football. Now, his vertical is really good. Obviously, he's a tremendous athlete. But any on-field time, as Doug Peterson says, you can get grass, you can get on the field. That's tremendous, and, and that's really right now, guys. That anything you can get, it's certainly not going to make up for real practice. But any any timing you can get down is really, really important, and it certainly does not hurt at all. So, Adam. Let's get into the wide receivers a little bit because uh, Rieger, obviously, we talked about the plan for him. But uh, as we've kind of chronicled a little bit, Deshaun Jackson, they're really counting on him. But after him, what's the depth chart look like? What's the roles behind Jackson? It, it seems like that's a muddled mess of question marks. It is. In fact, uh, when I sent Mosher uh, my notes for Sunday's show, uh, for, for our Monday show, I said, hey, we need to talk about this because the Eagles have a major issue with depth at receiver. Way more when I examined it and talked to people than I imagined. Uh, yeah, you're right. Look, Mike, if Deshaun gets hurt, and by the way, he, is, he brought his trainer in, I'm told, this week uh, to Tampa. Uh, his trainer is one of the best trainers in the world. He's had him for several years. This, this is the best shape Deshaun's been in his life. He's just in tremendous football shape. But if he gets hurt again and Alshon's not ready for the early portion of the season, it's Marquise Goodwin's the next guy up. I mean, that's it. Obviously, Rager will start opposite Deshaun. At least that's their plan as of now. Ortega White said he's. I'm told he's totally healthy. Uh, 
he he's over his foot injury. It's it's you know it's been it's healed months ago, but he didn't contribute last year. Marquise Goodwin is new. He has not worked with Carson. So you're right, Mike. They they don't they they don't have many options now. Greg Ward, I've been asked about this. So I'll address it. He would not play on the outside on any circumstance. He's a slot receiver. That he's a short area, short handed, good route runner, but could not play on the outside. He's not fast enough. Uh, they fa- they found a role for him and it worked out of necessity. But yeah, to sum this up, guys, they have a real issue uh, this season. If Rager or Djax gets hurt, it's it's Marquise Goodwin, and he's had an injury history. He's had uh, some personal challenges, unfortunately, with his family. And he's there because he's a veteran and he could run, but he's not exactly anyone you could count on. Is there a wide receiver you think can shock the fans and the coaching staff this year? Oh yeah, John Hightower. Yeah. Now he first of all, let, let me just make this clear: he needs to make the team first. Yeah. But if he does, he's really gifted. He does. He's a little bit on the wiry side. He's a little bit thin, but uh, I'm told that one area where they may line him up. And this is what Nelson Aguilar did. When Nelson Aguilar was a good football player you know, two, two and three years ago, he was what you would call a vertical slot. Hightower, if, if he does dress each week, you may see him line up inside uh, when Rager and Jackson are out there because Hightower can fly. And he's not short. He is, he's over six foot one, but he's a guy that needs to get stronger physically. And that, that was part of why he, dre- he got. He dropped to the fifth round. Well, and keep in mind, Adam, a lot of people had projected guys like Hightower and Watkins, too, that if it wasn't such a deep draft class, may have been third, fourth round draft uh, wide receiver picks. Yeah, although, Mike, I would say with Watkins, there were some off-the-field concerns with him. True. Uh, with, with Hightower, it was more physical. Uh, he just, you know, I'll say this much about guys who are not well-built. Darius Slayton, who was one of my favorite rookie receivers last, last season, also built like Hightower, but you saw what he destroyed the Eagles in that second game with Eli Manning. I could still see him running by them right in front of me. It was just re- remarkable. Uh, so you could never discount a, a, a young rookie, but it's so much harder for a rookie to come in and, and, and contribute right away because this West Coast offense is not easy to learn when, they, when these receivers come from spread offenses in college. What about this wide receiver that went undrafted from Morgan State? I know you were really high on him, Bailey. Does he have any shot, or do you think because of all this, it's almost like uh, he really doesn't? Yeah, Hunter, Manasseh Bailey is there for one reason. He could run. He's from Morgan State. He's a project. He's more of a, a uh, upside fifth receiver. He, it's super unlikely he'll make the team. But really, when you clear this all out, it's – Let's just assume Jeffrey won't be ready for week one. We, we don't know when he'll be ready. It's going to be Jackson, Rager, Ortega, Whiteside, Goodwin, and Greg Ward. There's your five. Do they keep six? Well, if they keep six, uh, it, it, could be, it could be anybody. It could be Watkins. It could be Robert Davis, who was there last year. Deontay Burnett, who had to play. It could be Shelton Gibson, who, by the way, could flat-out fly, but has had trouble staying with the team. So... Right now, I would say five receivers with the upside of six. Now, that's interesting. So, so you're in the camp that Ward, and I like Ward. I'm not trying to get him off the team, but that he has definitively will make this team because I'm imagining that you get one of these guys with some speed in the slot that some of these coaches are going to be kind of compelled to be like, eh, this guy's got a little bit more you know, uh, explosiveness in this spot than Greg gives me. That's been the problem with Greg the last couple of years. He just, You're right. You, know? you got it right. In fact, I think if the Eagles were willing to be honest about it, they made a bad mistake. They overrated speed rather than productivity. Greg Ward absolutely positively should be on the team last season. 
they um, they kept Matt Collins. Now, now they thought Mac was was over his injury history, uh, you know, of the uh, multiple sports hernia surgeries, and you know, we know how good of a special teams player he was. But the problem is, Mac's production on special teams was not did not wind up being what they thought it would be. And I, I I'll tell you, I was wrong. I I thought that. Um, I thought Mac would would wind up being a good fourth receiver, and obviously he he was so bad that uh, he didn't get the football, and they cut him. But Greg Ward, they they made a mistake. Uh, they overrated speed. It got so bad, you know. This is when Carson Wentz struggled. He couldn't find anyone he he could trust. And Greg Ward got the trust of Carson in the final quarter of the season, and clearly has shown why he needs to be on this football team. Do you think that Jalen Rager will have a better year than Justin Jefferson? Well, it's funny. I I did a I did a. Uh, I did, I did a uh, video hit for uh, DraftKings today. They asked me the same question about who, about Jerry Judy. I think I, I do think this because the Vikings, so they don't throw the ball very much. They are very, they have no depth at receiver. So Jefferson Hunter is going to start, and he ought to have sixty plus. He might even have seventy. Rager, I think, will have somewhere in the sixties. You just have to be careful of uh, expect high, having super high expectations for, for rookie receivers. Sometimes we kind of overrate that, and I know that by necessity he's got to play, and they don't have anywhere to turn. Uh, other other than Marquise Goodwin, there's really nowhere else to go here. But the good thing is they have a role for him in mind. They have a plan for him. And what I'm told so far, by the way, is he's done really well in their sessions in terms of o- online teaching, obviously with the receivers coach, Aaron Moorhead. His learning and, and during the install, I'm, to, I'm told it's been really good. It's exactly what they thought it would be when they work with him before the draft. So this is good, and, and but again, until you get on the field, you really can't tell. Uh, after Deshaun, who would be their number two guy? Well, it's, 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 it's Deshaun, it's Rager. Like, if you just look at pass targets, obviously Ertz will lead them in pass targets and receptions. Right. After that, it's probably going to be, it's going to be, hmm. it, 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 I would probably say Jalen Rager will be number two in catches. They better hope, right? They better. Well, they need him, to, Mike. They need him to be, and plus, he's such a matchup challenge for defenses because he's going to play in multiple positions. He's really the thing. If you watch his, but when you if if you get to get to, if you get to go to training camp or you, when you watch down in the he, he's down in the one mid one nineties, which is his playing weight. He's just under five eleven. But you'll get him back to your question. It'll be Ertz is one. Rager should be two. Then it's it's probably going to be Deshaun or Dallas Goddard. I'm telling you, we have, we Mike, we've not talked about him probably the entire off season. He's never right till midseason. Remember, he had the setback in warm ups in week two against Atlanta, but he's going to be a major factor this season. And that's interesting. How does that affect you know guys like Greg Ward or JJ Ortega Whiteside and what they uh, or how much field time they end up getting? I mean, because if you're having Goddard out there, that probably means a wideout's off the field. Right. Well, yeah, it means you run more 12 personnel, which is two tight ends, two receivers, and one back. And that's that to me is, I think they're, they're still going to run a ton. You know, they were number one again in uh, 12 personnel. You're going to see that again. And then you're going to have, again, it, it does minimize the impact of not having great depth at receiver. Like the Eagles have a lot of names, but very, very few of them are proven. So I think it'll be okay. I, I really do. Uh, they have a plan, and obviously with Miles Sanders on the field, who's Super explosive. One team source said to me last weekend, he goes, he's LaShawn McCoy, but more explosive 
without the shake and bake like LaShawn had. So that's kind of the way the Eagles see him. Adam Kaplan, football at four, powered by InsideTheBirds.com. Let's look at a couple NFL news. Uh, Logan Ryan, interesting name, probably um, would be a starter for most teams in this league if he gets signed. I mean, the Eagles, would they be interested in a guy like Logan Ryan if he's still out there come training camp? But why is he available, and what's the latest on him? Yeah, he's by far the best cornerback. So I, I decided for a website to write about him because people would ask me, and I, I, you know, I've been talking to teams that like him. Here's the thing, you know, he's 29 years old, good, really good guy, a pretty good football player, but just does not run well enough. And to have him be, a, he's not an outside corner anymore. He's a the way the Titans used him was great. They used him as a, an inside corner and outside corner. They used him at safety. They used him as an inside linebacker. They, he was a blitzer. He he had the best statistical season, but he gave up a lot of plays. Mike, he's just not fast enough. No, I, you know, although the Eagles clearly could use another outside corner or veteran. They they have not shown any interest in him, and uh, I, right now it seems like, barring a surprise, they're going to go to camp with this group of corners. Uh, uh, Trevor Williams is a kid that was with the with with, with the Chargers, who started some games. He's number forty one. You're going to see him in training camp. He's got a real shot to make the team as a uh, fourth or fifth quarter. That's it. It's like the running back spot where they have been kind of. And um, I, I know we've talked about a lot. They would bring Freeman in if the deal was right. But the fact that they haven't moved on a veteran running back, it's almost like they're intrigued to see what what they got with these young guys. It feels the same way, maybe at corner that hey, you know what we're we're going to let these guys battle it out. Yeah, two things. So one thing I, I, I failed to add is Logan Ryan wants teams told me that he clearly wants ten million a season and he's not getting anywhere close to that. Uh, so that eliminates the Eagles just from the start to even think about it. Forget it. They're not. They're not. They would never consider anything like that. Uh, now at running back, yeah, you're right. If Freeman and 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 Hyde, as I reported three or four weeks ago, you know the Eagles were in touch with the agent about a month ago, and once they found out, you know, and they they saw what what they 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 were aware of what Hyde was going to get with Seattle, so that eliminated both of them. Now they're they're. If, I, if Freeman comes in in August and says, all right, I cannot get what I want, I'd be willing to take something that they think is fair money, $2 million or so, I'm just coming up with a hypothetical number, that changes everything. $4 million is a non-starter. You do not pay a backup running back $4 million. This is absurd. Uh, Carlos Hyde's deal is, is actually in cash about $3 million. There's upside for $4 million. That's a lot. Of, that's still – now, the reason why the, the Seahawks did that is because Chris Carson, their starter – Who's terrific has a major injury history. They know, they know they need to have a second back to rotate in because they just they they're not at the point with Carson where they trust that he'll play all 16 games. Now with with Sanders, the Eagles want an insurance policy in case he gets hurt. The boss at Scott right now would be the backup running back, as, as I understand it. Going back to corner real quick, if Avante Maddox doesn't work on the outside, what do they do? I mean, can they rely on Sidney Jones? Is it possible that maybe if they had to, Jalen Mills goes to the corner, and then you have McLeod and Parks at the safety position? Yeah, they, they really, the way it was explained to me is it's, it's, it's either Maddox or Jones. They're going to battle it out in training camp. They're not handing Maddox a job, I, I, just to make that clear. Uh, they, Hunter, they don't have a – this is where it gets – this is where it gets to be an issue because – Russell Douglas will go to training camp. They weren't. They tried to move him. They nobody wanted him. Uh, he'll go to training camp. He'll have another shot to make the team. They don't have anywhere else to turn. It's really got to be Jones or Maddox. Uh, Trevor Williams could be a decent fourth corner, but right now they don't have anyone else. They really could use another veteran on the outside, but uh, to my knowledge, they have not looked in. They have not seriously looked into it. Um, that, to, to finish this off. 
they're in trouble. If, if neither of these kids could establish themselves in, 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 uh, in mid to late August, it's not going to be good. They're, they're, then they're really going to have to do something. All right, Adam Kaplan will uh, get out on this football at four, powered by InsideTheBirds.com, at Kaplan NFL. Any shot we see Colin Kaepernick in a training camp this year? Been asked that a lot. No, Mike, here's why. If it were up to some general managers, Mike, he'd be in camp or he, he, would, he would at least get workouts. Owners, you know, Kaepernick won his, 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 his case against the NFL. The league clearly tried to blackball him. It was obvious. And nothing's really changed. Uh, there's been no, I'm told as of yesterday, there was been, his agent's not getting any calls. But I will also tell you, Kaepernick works out five days a week, and he's in great shape, and he still wants to play. Uh, look, what's going to happen, this happens every year, when these quarterbacks go down, go down in training camp, and by the way, it's going to be a little bit with the challengers of, of if somebody gets sick, Mike, what if, what, what if a team loses a quarterback to illness, to, to, to COVID, in terms of having to be self-quarantined? Plus, with injuries, we may have this, Mike. It's something that people have not talked about. Cog Kaepernick is by far the best backup quarterback available. It's not even debatable. Should be interesting. I mean, it almost feels, you know, in 2016, you know, the league came out last Friday. They put out that video. But in 2016, there was concern that they would lose fans and lose people with all the kneeling. Now it feels like it's switched that you would almost have people applaud a team for bringing him back. I know there's people listening and probably saying, are you kidding me? But things have changed in four years, believe it or not. Well, especially lately, you know, if we're being honest here, obviously the the, the attitudes have changed toward dealing. Um, it, it, you're right; is it was summer of uh, 2016. I'll never forget it. Uh, it was it was a Saturday night, and the next morning I wake up and I'm like, "Wow, what what happened here?" But people now have a better awareness, and it it needs to be about football and not to be about him kneeling or not. It's got to be about do you want to win or not. If you want to win, bring the guy in. As, as I've maintained, and I'll continue to say this. At least sit down with him, see what he's about. I talked to the Seahawks about him when they had him in for a visit. They actually really enjoyed their visit with him, and they felt great about it. They just felt like at that point Colin still wanted to start, and obviously Russell Wilson is not going to be challenged for a starting job. Now, clearly, he has no chance to start. He's a backup quarterback. Why not bring him in and see what he's about? Uh, Adam Kaplan, football at four, powered by InsideTheBirds.com. Of course, uh, tomorrow, Andrew DeCicco is in. Adam will be back next Thursday as uh, we will start to look at some NFL off-seasons, the divisions, and I know uh, a lot of people interested in what's going on around the NFC East. We'll do that all, uh, football at four. Adam, take care, pal. Guys, thank you. All right, Adam Kaplan, like all guests on football at four, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Football at four brought to you by Geico. You have a choice of ways you can save on car insurance, 800-947-AUTO. Go to onlinegeico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest you. Good stuff from Adam Kaplan, as always. The MGPT Top 5 at 5 tonight. Five Philly sports moments that gave you the chills that were not winning a title. I got so many of these. I just thought of another one uh, a little while ago. So I told you I had 13. I actually added a 14th. I got to put these in order, though. I got to rank them. Yeah, you're running out of time. Well, I got 14 on my list. I just got to pick the five. They get... These moments that when they happen, you were like, oh, you didn't even know what to do with yourself. Now I'm with you. You get the goosebumps. You get the chills. I mean, the excitement's there. Yeah, I get it. But you got to you gotta put them in order here. I'll do it. I'll be there. Ah. How about PT trying to mess up again this morning? Now, you messed up last night. And he said, why are you trying to diss me? 
Yeah, see, the, the reaction by PT was nonsense. It kind of describes exactly what we're talking about. I know. It's PT for you. All right, Sports Bash on the other side. Ask Mike and Broads. You guys ask the questions. Send us a text right now. 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Ask Mike and Broads. All right, time for Ask Mike and Broads. You guys take over the show. You can ask us any questions you like. We'll do our best to answer them here. We usually um, get some really good questions. I've been very impressed with the questions from the listeners so far. Use the hashtag Ask Mike and Broads on Twitter, at Broads81, at Mike Gill Show, or send us a text right now, 609 403 0973. 609 403 0973. Time for Ask Mike and Broads. What do we got? All right. From Keith, are you two more excited now for Jalen Rager? Now, to be fair, I was one of the ones that I liked to pick when they drafted them, so I wasn't one of the negative Nancys while that occurred. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty intrigued by Jalen Rager more so now than I was when it all happened. I didn't have any problem with the pick. I like Jalen Rager. I think he is going to be a uh, a nice surprise for people out there who were wondering, Justin Jefferson, they could have traded up, rugs went right in front, you know, all that stuff. I think... I think Rager is going to work out well in this offense. Now, do you think the problem was the time at the draft? Everybody had such a mindset of we needed a true number one receiver that when they did get Jalen Rieger, they were underwhelmed because at TCU, his stats didn't pop. Without really knowing much about him, they well, just wanted that number one true guy. I think more so than that, it's because I don't think these guys in this draft were these true number one guys, to be honest with you. I think a lot of these guys, though, it was – Wow, it's these three or four wide receivers, and he was never mentioned with that group. So nobody knows who Jalen Rager is. Most people don't know who Justin Jefferson is. It's just what the draft people were telling you. It's funny. People like to listen to the media when they want to. And then when they don't want to, they don't want to listen. They wanted to listen when people said that Rager wasn't a part of the four. So then he stinks. But if he was part of the four, he would be great. But Rager didn't need to be a part of the four. He's probably just as good, if not better. One of those four is probably not going to be all that good. Somebody who wasn't drafted in those four is probably going to be pretty good. I think Rager, it's all about fit and what offense you're in. And I think this is a good fit for him. When you see what Deshaun Jackson did in the game with Wentz, I think that skill set fits well with Wentz's skill set. Well, it also didn't help that the whole C.D. Lamb fascination ended up falling to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, if he went to a whole a whole different squad, if he went to the Raiders, I don't think that people would feel the same way. It was almost as if they were so hurt emotionally because the guy that was slipping down on the board that they were interested in ended up going to the Dallas Cowboys that they made the Jalen Rieger pick feel even worse. Yeah, well, that's a big fact. You're right about that. It's the fact that there was guys that... But that goes back to there were guys that people told you you should want more. Most people don't know the difference between Rager and Lamb. They never heard of either one of them. They were just going off of what they were told, right? 
And people yeah, said, yeah. I mean, if you watch college football, though, and and not we we actually had this conversation, put out a poll. There's a lot of people who do not watch college football. They only like the NFL. But if you're a football fan, you who enjoys all of them, I think you you know C.D. Lamb, of course, because you watch Oklahoma play. You do understand that. You got a receiver from TCU, but you, you can't just like throw everything out the window. He was playing with a fourth string quarterback in TCU that couldn't get him the football. Even if you, you can't like be even mad if, at him for that. Even if you are from around here and like college football, okay? You're into college football and you live around here. How much TCU are you watching? Yes, you might see Oklahoma, Alabama, so you may know those guys because you do watch those level of programs. Who is watching TCU around here? Not a lot of people. You might be because they might play West Virginia. I might be, yes. But I'm saying most of the listeners are not. Right. So they just fall for whatever the media most tells them. Most of them, them. couldn't tell you where help. TCU is. Well, it's, it's in Texas. Yeah. But I'm saying most people who don't follow college football would be like, what's that even stand for? Right. No, I, no, no, no. You're, you're absolutely right. It's... You know, the, the thing is, too, do you think, let me ask you this, do you think that they reached at the pick? Do you think that they could have traded back and got him later on in the first round, or they could have traded back early in the second round and snagged him? I feel like there no. is a, an obsession with the whole, you could have traded back and got him. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think as it was going on, I think Rigger was starting to get more attention. I don't think he was getting out of the first round. It didn't help either, by the way, that his comp, if we're going to bring back up the whole comp conversation like in baseball, his comp was Nelson Aguilar. So that didn't help either. Not here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I just Listen, the, the question is, are you two more excited now? I think I was excited when they first drafted him because I realized his speed. I realized what he could do. But hearing how much they want to... In, in make him an impact on this team and how much that he could be a factor in this offense and hearing Mosher and Andrew and Kaplan speak about how much they are focused in getting him involved. Yeah, you know what? I'm more excited. And that's saying a lot because I was super excited at the time. When they drafted Rieger, I was I was um, content with that. Yes, I've, I've seen Rieger enough. And, you know, as you said, I know what TCU means. I know where it is. I've seen them play. I was familiar with the player. Had no problem with them taking Jalen Rieger. I think he fits their offense well. And look, I think that type of receiver is taking over football more so now than they used to. These smaller, quicker, get-in-open-space kind of guys. I mean, those guys are now thriving in this league. Absolutely. Now, how much stock do you put in the fact that his father had some experience in the NFL? Or, or oh, I is like that, that not... No, I like that. that. Get you going. No, I like those type of things too. I mean, those guys typically have very good genes, good bloodlines. I mean, a lot of times you see the the kid of somebody turns out to be a great player, yeah, or even a good player. I think in a city like this, though, that's also important because he's you know you look up to your father and he's telling you, listen, they could be tough, they could be brutal. Like you, you understand a little bit more this type of city when you look up to your father and he kind of explains that to you. Well, but you love and consider his, his father played here too. Yeah, exactly. And I do love his personality. Like, it seems as if he understood people were upset. He heard the noise. And he's allowing that to fuel him so he could prove people wrong. He's accepting that. You know what? You were pissed off that I'm here. Let me prove you wrong. Let me show you 
how good I can be. And it seems like he is kind of embracing that role a little bit. Yeah, well, again, to answer that guy's question, I had no problem with the pick then. Like it now. I think he'll be a great fit. And you just heard what Kaplan said. He said Ertz will have the most targets. You think Rager will be next? Yeah, that's pretty impressive to think about. I mean, here's the thing, though. Was that just the wide receiver position? No, he, he said Ertz. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I didn't know if he Pete did. Thompson, Ertz. were you listening? He yeah, said I was. Ertz, what I was, number I was preparing one. my next question is what I was doing. I had my old notes here. It's like, oh, I'm going to ask that question. I start writing, and then it's, you know, I get into my mode. Yeah, he said Ertz would have the most ca- uh, targets. Rieger would be two. D-Jack would be three. And Goddard, he thinks, would be fourth. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's fair. I guess it's also the way that he's implemented into this. If they're going to start running short stuff for him or whatever. I mean, he obviously has the speed as well, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how Doug Peterson elects to get this offense firing off. It's crazy that we sit here and we discuss too many weapons, and it never ends up actually turning out that way, right? I mean, True. we talk about having too many weapons here and well, there. And- I, I want to tell you, okay, so last night I wrote an article for the website that I did a little research for. You ready for this? I found this to be fascinating. You doing research? Yeah, of course I'm ready for this. Um... Deshaun Jackson played essentially one game last year. He had eight catches for 154 yards and two touchdowns. The rest of the receivers on the roster that are coming back that played last year, not Alshon Jeffrey, okay, the other three guys, that would be J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, and Marquise Goodwin because Jeffrey, we don't know if he's going to play at all, so I didn't include him. But those other three guys, okay, Jackson played one game, had eight catches for 154 and two touchdowns. The other guys totaled 50 catches, 609 yards, and three touchdowns. Wow. That is horrible. Oh, that's horrible. Now, listen to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's season. All right, I don't think I want to. In 16 regular season games... He had 10 catches for 169 yards and a touchdown. In the preseason, he had 12 catches for 147 yards and a touchdown. I was going to bring that up. I think he had one game in the preseason where he was absolutely electric and they shut him down for the rest of the game. And we were like, oh, well, what do we got here? I I remember that preseason game. I remember that game and you're like, they're going to have to find a way to get this guy in the field. I wonder if that's the ticket that's in the love box. <laughs> uh, that was not bad. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all day. Now, Greg, yeah. Greg Ward, by the way, in seven games had 28 of those 50 catches. Greg Ward, you know what? It's it's interesting you bring up Greg Ward's stats. You know, at the time when everything was going down, I thought, you know what? That's awesome for him. It's great. It's a great story. But I didn't think it would be something that would result in him being here again next year legitimately in a, in a serious spot because I assume they would make so many upgrades to the wide receiver position. But, you know, I'll give it to him. He, he really did play so well, and he earned himself the opportunity, at least, to see if he can duplicate what he did last year. I would have never expected that to ever happen. And I, last year I was sort of like, hey, come on. I mean, if we're going back to Greg Ward next year, that means we're really screwed. But to to, to his, uh, you know, to respect no, him... Yeah, I didn't feel that way. I always was disappointed and very tough on the team that they didn't keep him over the years because I thought it was clear that he should have made the team. As Adam said, that he, you know, they made a mistake. 
Yeah, I mean, it's obvious now that they made the mistake. But at the time, I couldn't have told you that Greg Ward would have been able to do what he did, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's... How, how would anyone have known that Greg Ward would have been able to do what he did last year? And the question is, are his numbers inflated because of all the injuries? Can he, you know, be better than that? Can he have a bigger role because there's more talent around him now? I don't know, but he he's one of those guys, like... You know that he's an athlete and he's a competitor because he played quarterback and he was a very good quarterback, by the way. He wasn't like he was a lousy quarterback. He was just so small that he couldn't play quarterback in this league. He's only like 5'10". That's interesting, though. You bring up about the weapons. Like, if you have if you have Jalen Rager, you have Deshaun Jackson, and you got some other guys out there, he was getting open when they were playing with nobody. I mean, if these guys are going to stretch the field for him, could he be even better than what he was last year? I mean, is that possible? Well, he's, yeah, because he's very shorthanded, very uh, reliable. So he's going to get his one-on-one opportunities just to find a little nest and just kind of sit his ass down right there, catch the ball, get up the field. Yeah, it's I don't pretty think he's going to be like, you know, when Aguilar, see, when Aguilar was at his best, is he would catch the ball in that little curl. And then kind of curl up the field because he had so much explosion and speed that he could make a short pass a big game. That's when Aguilar was at his best. Catching the seven-yard curl, but then, boom, getting up the sideline because he had a lot of speed. Ward is just going to catch the ball, and that's where he's going to get tackled. You're not going to see him turn back up field and make big plays out of it. Yeah, correct. He does not have the speed to be able to break away, guys. And, and actually... I went to the 2017 Eagle season. Now, now I'm backtracking, and I'm I'm watching Game One, and I watched the, the uh, <laughs> Eagles Redskins game. And I'll tell you what, there was this play. I mean, this is watching Carson Wentz in in his legit prime year, right? I mean, he's dipping under people, he's making plays happen, and he hits Nelson Aguilar with this insane play, and he he runs it in for the touchdown, thinking, oh. The good year of Nelson Aguilar, but that play was special. Yes, I'm actually, I had to pause the game, so I'm in the middle of it, and I'll, I'll resume it later. But we can go on to our next question, which... Let me know actually, how that game goes. Yeah, I will. I'll let you know what happens. Maybe I'll bet it on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, it, it ties Wentz into this one. Do you think Carson Wentz gets another contract here in Philadelphia? This is from James Moore. Well, that's a great question. I mean, this is... Um, Obviously, it all depends on one thing, right? Uh, no, I think. Do you de- think people question his skill level? No, it, 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 you said it all depends on one thing. I would say what his health. Yeah, his or health. winning. What if they keep winning and he doesn't well, get hurt, but they don't win a Super Bowl over the next three years? Well, I just think if Carson Wentz and his skill is so high that if he is on the field, you're going to be in a range of of being competitive. So I just think it comes down to if he's able to stay on the field or not. If he's healthy, then yes, he would be I still think it's possible that even if he still gets banged up like he does, you still can't let him walk out the door. That's going to be the interesting part. It's a very good question. And by the way, 5.30 tonight, we're going to play some calls from the listeners uh, who gave their opinions on Carson Wentz from our conversation yesterday. I would say, if I'm saying now, in 2020, will he get another contract? My answer would be yes. You would see Carson Wentz get another another uh, extension. Because at the yeah. end of this deal, I think he's only going to be 30. Correct. And you're seeing, yeah, he's 27 now, right? And there's, what, three more? Is it four or three? 
How much is left on the extension itself at this point? This starts the extension. This year right now starts the extension. So, yeah, you here's the thing. These quarterbacks, and I mentioned this to you before, but it's different because of Carson Wentz's health. They're playing until 40. They're playing until 41. I mean, that's a long time. I don't know that his style of play will allow him to do that. Thing. No, I agree. But what if he plays until th- – if you said Carson 35. Wentz play 30 – So you're going 35. I was going to throw out the number 37. Okay. Well, 35 maybe still like prime Carson Wentz. And then those last two, you're you're like down the – you're coming down the, the back of the – Well, how would you say Aaron Rodgers is playing now? Would you see – a correlation in, in Carson's He's game at that age. definitely not the same Aaron Rodgers. He still has the moments, though. Oh, no doubt. Oh, he, has, he has the moments. He has the better team, too, which is weird. It's I mean, look, they had a really bad end to the season last year. That kind of makes people think about the year differently. But we said all year long, 13-3. and three. This team is not 13-3. and three. Got a couple quick questions, okay? This is from Rico. Ask Mike and Broads. Can't Greg Ward become Carson's Danny Amendola? Like, that's how I picture him. Although not as Edelman, not quite yeah. as shifty. Yeah, like why Amendola's, not? Why can't he be that version? Amendola's very kind of, he's got a lot of hip movement. He kind of has that shoulder. You know, he go, You know, he is very shifty going one way. That Ward, to me, is one of those guys who he'll just, he makes sure that he catches the ball before he does anything else. Because he's not a natural receiver. Where these other guys, they played receiver, although Edelman was a quarterback too in college. And they're more fluid catching the ball. He catches the ball first and makes sure he has it before he starts to make his descent up the field. Now why is that okay for someone like Greg Ward? But if that's Zach Ertz, you know that yak conversation's coming. Well, because Ward catches it and gets hit like immediately and wrapped up. Ertz, so many times, he has one man to beat, and he just gets drugged down immediately. <laughs> I'm picturing it now in my right. head. It's classic. Ready for this one? This is from Tom in the Villas. Ask Mike and Broads. If you guys could travel with any team for the entire season, you ride the bus and the plane with them, you're on the sidelines during the game, which team would it be? Easy for me. Got to go with the Fly Guys. I mean, come on. That would just be, it would be standard. I'm so used to the locker room, the culture's there. I was a locker room guy. I mean, you're telling me I get to hang out with the boys in the room? Yeah, come on. It's Claude. It's the boys. It's the orange and the black. Yeah, I would probably get, I, I, I'd probably go, uh, probably say Phillies. Oh, okay. That's such a unique environment, though, because you have the bullpen guys. You got the star. Yeah, like, it's a- so I'd it's be so a reliever. Clicky. I'd go relief pitcher. Just hang okay. out in the bullpen, spitting seeds all summer. You and you and Juan Nicasio just hanging out. That's that's right. <laughs> I can see that going pretty well. Yeah, right, me too. Sports Bash Live. That's uh, Ask Mike and Broads. We'll do it again tomorrow. Get your questions in. Use the hashtag Ask Mike and Broads. Follow us on Twitter at Broads eighty one. On 97.3 ESPN FM. All right, nine minutes till the top of the hour. We got the MGPT top five at five. Five sports moments in Philly that gave us the chills. Now, PT tried to throw losing moments in there. Yeah, I have no idea why he would ever think that that would give him the chills. Like, what? Like Joe Carter hitting a home run because he was there. Does that count? No, because there's no way he actually had the chills there. The chills is a good feel, right? I mean, you get the chills in a happy sense. That's kind of how we approach this. I mean, I guess technically you could have heartbreaking chills, but 
Who would want to make that list right now? Let me ask you this. There's five, top five. How many from each sport did you go? Okay, so I have three hockey. Three hockey of the five? Oh, yeah. One, One baseball and one basketball. No eagles. No eagles. Wow. Yeah. But I'm not saying that there's no moments. Of course, uh, there's some in my honorable mentions. There's an Eagles in uh, my honorable mentions. You typically mention. uh, don't go honorable mention too much. You don't go. What do you mean? I said you typically don't go oh. give the honorable mentions. I yeah, mean, I do one. I do one or two. That's it. I don't want to make it 18 and then yeah, hey, I got 27 honorable mentions after my top 18. Well, well some categories are just really good and really tough to decipher. You got to give uh, the mentions. Well, yeah, I get that, but I think that's the power of the five. Like, that's how I feel about this five. I want you to know my five, not anything else. All right, I got Let's see. That's a hockey. That's a baseball. That's a football. That's a football. That's a hockey. That's a hockey. That's a football. That's a baseball. That's a baseball. That's a hoop. That's a baseball. And that's a football. I think the Flyers have a lot of good moments. Well, I'll tell you what. The Flyers have these moments because of the teams, they were in a lot of bigger games. Like, they were in the playoffs a lot. So were the Eagles, by the way. I mean, the Phillies had that run of playoff moments, so that's why I have, But that's why, like, the Flyers were, were in the playoffs a lot. The Sixers were buckus. They weren't in the playoffs all that much. I mean, I mean, the Sixers moment I have, I mean, the basketball moment I have isn't even Sixers. Oh, I, have I thought no, going... Philly sports. It is Philly. It involves the Sixers in a game that they won, but it's not about the Sixers. That's a hint. Okay, no, I I think I know what's in a direction you're going on because I also have something like that as well where it, it's hockey, but is it about the Flyers technically? Well, now, PT sent us a picture last night of a random regular season game where he was up on the glass, and he's going to say that gave him the chills, and he's going to include that. Oh, of course. Oh, trust me. I think the first day I met PT, he didn't even, first off, he didn't shake my hand yet. No handshake. I don't think think we even said a word yet. And he just, hey, look at this picture. And it was that one. Oh, of him up against the glass? Yeah, no words. You want to hear the backstory on that that night? I, yeah, go ahead, hit me. Well, we'll wait till PT's on the the line because we're running out of time here because this story deserves some airtime. Okay. Did it make the paper? No. Ah. Don't forget! Don't forget to remind me. I'll write it down. Josh, don't forget to remind me. The backstory on that Flyers picture. Okay, and then I want a ruling from you. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. MGPT top five at five next. Five Philly sports moment that gave us the chills, not including championships. No Super Bowl. No World Series. No Flyers, Stanley Cups in the 70s. (laughs) Why do we have to laugh like that? I hear Josh laughing, too. Why are we laughing? No 83 Sixers. All right, Sports Bet, which I guess uh, is coming up next.